Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Those pesky little veins. It seems like as we get older, all new types of surprises happen to our bodies. And since it's summertime, lots of folks want to wear shorts, enjoy a little sunshine. But that's when we see all those veins popping out. Is there a difference between a cosmetic inconvenience and something more serious? Well, Dr. Danello Canetti is here in the studio to tell us more. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes at 941-3689 on Oahu. Toll free from Neighbor Islands, 877-941-3689. My vein doctor, Dr. Canetti, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you, Dr. Kozak. I'm a longtime fan. All right. Happy to have you here. You can be a fan and a guest. Now, varicose veins, serious, not so serious? Serious. Why? And the reason is that over time, not only does it cause symptoms that are bothersome to you, but it will discolor your skin over time. It can cause ulcers in your ankles and even cause clots. So... All varicose veins can do this, or only a certain percentage? If they get bad enough, will they put you at risk for ulceration and those sorts of not-so-fun things? Over time, and it depends on the pressure that's put on those veins. For people to stand up all the time working, the pressure in those veins could be up to 100 millimeters of mercury. So there are certain risk factors. You mentioned standing on your feet all the time. So someone who works as a nurse, works as a waitress, works in a hotel where they're always standing, this could be a serious problem as their time goes on in their career. That's correct. In fact, it happens mostly in people with stand-up jobs. But being female is also uh, very uh, – It's that uh, varicose veins are mostly found in females, usually after pregnancies. And genetics is a big factor. If their mother had it, chances are they're going to have it. Now, you mentioned they can often cause symptoms. What kind of symptoms do varicose veins cause? That's what, In fact, that's what the insurance companies pay for is for symptoms. They don't pay for ugly. So when the patient comes to me, it's usually because they can't sleep. Some of their partners even kick them out of the bedroom and have them sleep in the next room because they wind up getting up out out of bed at night all the time with leg cramps, restless legs, they're itching, they're swollen, and that will get worse and worse and worse until we fix them. Now, I'm curious because if they're in bed at night and they're not on their feet, why is it that they have all the symptoms at nighttime when they're laying flat? We don't know that one. Uh, They also occur in the daytime at work. In fact, makes work really hard for those with stand-up jobs. But uh, we don't know the reason why at night uh, the leg cramps or the restless legs happen. So if you have some of these symptoms, are the veins something obvious that you can look at and see and go, oh, yeah, that's my varicose vein? Or is it something where you might not see it, but you could still have it? Actually, a lot of the ones that have the symptoms have veins that you can't really see that are not that ugly. But when, do, when we do the ultrasound, we, we find that the veins are huge and the valves that are supposed to close to keep the, the, vein, the blood in the vein moving up towards the heart, we find that the valves are not working well. And so the blood just falls back down towards the ankles. And would their sign then be ankle swelling? One of them, yes. 
what other signs in somebody who can't see the veins, what else could they potentially have that would make them know, hey, this is a vein issue? Uh, those symptoms of leg cramps and uh, restless legs and uh, discoloration over time. You'll find that the ankles start to become dark and then slowly creep up towards the middle to the half of the leg. So that discoloration that you see could be your veins. Even though it looks like a skin problem, it could be something else. That's correct. It's just, as as we call it, the medicine stasis or stagnant blood in the veins. Well, because we know arteries bring blood to your body. So there's these nice muscles in the wall of an artery, and the artery can squeeze and pump, and that's what you're checking when you check a pulse. That's what you're feeling is that squeezing sensation. But veins don't have that. They don't have muscle in their walls. Correct. So the only pump that the veins have are your legs, and that's why we want to we encourage you to walk because every time you squeeze your ankle uh, muscles, it pushes the blood up towards the heart. Now, what if you have a sedentary job? I mean, we talked about standing a lot. What if you're sitting in a chair all day? You have sort of compression just from sitting. Does that also put you at risk for developing problems with your veins? Yes. In fact, I have a lot of bus drivers, uh, patients who have varicose veins, and they're saying, I wonder, and there's no study in bus drivers, um, but it's very likely that that also, especially if you cross your legs, the limpair uh, flow of the blood going back up to the heart. Okay, I'm uncrossing right now <laughs> because I had my ankles crossed. All right. So if you're sitting a lot, if you're standing all day, pretty much unless you're walking and keeping those calves pumping to get that blood back to the heart, you could be at risk for developing varicose veins. You might not 100% get it, but it's a risk factor. That's correct. Now, when we talk about treatments for veins, by trade, you started out taking care of the heart as a cardiologist. And now you've sort of looked at blood vessels elsewhere in the body and said, hey, you know, a lot of the same principles that you can take care of heart and blood vessels and arteries with are similar to what happens in the world of veins. What made you get excited about veins? I mean, is there something that is different when you take care of the veins like an immediate sort of effect that you're that you're so pleased with? Is that what made you decide to go to veins? That's a big yes. Um, and, and I'll give you an example. If I had a patient with a blocked coronary artery that I did on an angiogram and put a stent in, I don't really know if that stent is working well for him or her. And you'll know over time that it worked because they didn't have a heart attack. But the, the response is not immediate for me. And I never get a thank you for putting your your my stent. On the other hand, when I put a, uh, when I do an ablation in a varicose vein, these ladies, and it's usually females, these ladies come back when they see me a week later and hug me. I've never had a hug from a heart patient. They hug me because, not because the the swelling of the varicose veins have gone away, it's still there, but because they don't have the restless legs and the leg cramps anymore, they can sleep that night, and their spouses are very thankful. So you see this immediate response that you can visually monitor, and that way you know what you've done has actually had an impact. By ultrasound, yes. During the procedure, I have to confirm that the vessel is closed. Now, if somebody were to say, I think I have varicose veins, and I want to get them treated, and maybe they have some of the symptoms. Are there conservative things that can be done to try and treat the veins? 
stockings or staying off their feet or what else can they do if they're not yet at the point where they're ready for a procedure? It's a good question because some of the varicose veins are actually still small. You know that they're, the veins are swollen. Uh, a, a family friend, a family member might make a comment and and you have some mild swelling once in a while. So to prevent that from getting worse, uh, you can elevate your legs, stop crossing your, your legs, um, try walking as much as you can, not standing still, always on the move. Um, that would be something to do. The The insurance companies actually require us to do conservative therapy, which consists of uh, compression stocking, medical grade, that uh, gives uh, 30 to 40 per- uh, millimeters of mercury pressure to the legs uh, and thighs. And to wear that for three months before they'll approve uh, 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 surgery or ablation for these veins. And 10% of the time, I actually see improvement. And I tell these patients, just go ahead and wear the stockings. They don't need any ablation. And just come back in six months, and we'll recheck. Now, you mentioned two important things. One of them is there is a potential insurance covers for varicose vein treatment. And the other thing is that certain compression stockings, medical grade, are a little different than just wearing tight socks. So let's talk about the stockings first, and then we'll talk about insurance. So so there are such things as compression stockings, and they tend to be fairly tight when you get the right level. When you see somebody who has veins, how would you know whether or not they need to consider compression stockings, or should anybody who has a stand-up job all day consider putting those on? So for those people with varicose veins, we do free screening. They can call my office. We can schedule a free screening. And if we find that it's abnormal and they need to see the doctor, then we'll schedule that visit. Or if they're lucky, be able to see me or my physician assistant in the same day. Uh, And then that will become a real visit. They'll be charged to the insurance carrier uh, and will include a full-on ultrasound study because it will measure the size of the vein and the competence of the valves inside the vein. So the first step is to find out is go ahead and check to see if you have what's done in the free screening. What is what is incorporated in that screening evaluation? It's an ultrasound uh, of the whole length of the vein to measure size and see if the valves are working. So the ultrasound, non-invasive, Correct. There's no needles involved. That's correct. It's just ultrasound. It's a little probe that's put on the leg. You can see if there's dilated veins. And if there is, then you can suggest that they do something about it if they have symptoms. It's not even a probe. It's like this a little microphone going up it's and like down. like a microphone. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody were to want to wear compression stockings, and not very many people are raising their hand to say, give me the stockings, please, because they're kind of difficult to put on, although not impossible. Um, how do they know medical grade versus not? The medical grade ones, you have to go to a certain supply store, I would imagine. Correct. Uh, it will say medical grade because it will say 30 to 40 millimeters of mercury pressure compression. And how do the stockings actually work? What do they do? They prevent, so instead of the blood falling down towards the ankles because the veins are incompetent, it forces the flow of blood towards the deep system. So the blood won't use the superficial system anymore. Uh, it'll go directly to the deep system. So if we have H1 and H2, it go directly to H1. 
And so when we talk about those deeper type of veins, they don't have the same problem with the incompetent valves? No. In fact, we want them to be working all the time. The superficial veins are the ones that we use for bypass surgery. So you can see. So they're kind of extra. Right. Yeah, You could live without them. Exactly. Hopefully you don't have to, but you could live without them. That's correct. God gave you two of everything. And so in this case, deep veins and then superficial veins both work to bring blood back to the heart. But if you had no superficial veins, your deep veins would work fine. Yes. So when we talk about varicose veins, we're really just talking about superficial veins. That's correct, yes. Not the deep veins. Okay. So, now, now, to be clear, there's two sets there that can give you varicose veins. There's a big vessel along the medial part of your thigh, and there's another one in the back of your leg behind the calf. And that can also give you, uh, can become insufficient, can become enlarged, and can cause varicose veins. Are there any other things people should do if they're having varicose veins? If you mentioned walking is good, I would imagine weight loss, watching your diet, limiting your salt. Are those other things that people can do if they have varicose veins? I think once they have it. Those things won't work. Yeah, it's like the hinges on your door have fallen off. You're you're never going to be able to close the door well again. Uh, So it's just uh, the medical therapy if you choose to do that forever, which is fine. Elevate your legs wear the compression stockings, or go on to ablation, which will provide you immediate relief that same night. And that's the other part of it. So let's say you've moved beyond the conservative treatment and you've decided, I want to do something about my veins. And so there's different options. There are surgical treatments. There are in-office treatments. There are some that we used to do all the time, maybe not so much anymore. What is the most common type of vein treatment that you use? I'm using only two kinds. Uh, one is by RF Energy. It's thermal. I put a catheter by a needle puncture somewhere in the track of the vein between the leg and the knee and thread it up towards the thigh. And then every seven centimeters, uh, burn it with 120 um, uh, degrees of heat uh, with microwave heat. And just keep on pulling it back and watching it by ultrasound close down. That's one. Okay. So you immediately, let's talk about that for a moment. You immediately, you're doing an ultrasound while you're doing this procedure. You're watching the vein close as you withdraw that catheter and employ that microwave frequency, that that radio frequency, that that actual energy to watch it close down. Correct. And the other thing I do is mechanical and chemical. I put a different kind of caster that has a rooter rooter at the, t- the tip of it, t- take it all the way up to the very top and then uh, uh, just destroy the inside of that vein as I keep on pulling it back slowly. At the same time, I'm putting in a drug that will close that vein down, destroy the vein chemically. It's called a sclerosin. And it's injected very slowly, and the whole procedure takes about 10, 15 minutes. And so for 10 or 15 minutes, you could... Eliminate the vein. Yes. Mel, I'm curious because you the mentioned. Op- in the office. In the office. You mentioned that you use some of these superficial veins for bypass. What if you have them all taken away because you have varicose veins? What do you do then? Good question. But you know what? The heart surgeon is not going to use those veins because they're squirrely. They're not the straight kind that he loves, and their valves are already junk. 
So they're not. He's never going to pick them anyway. So they're good so to go. They're good to go because yeah. you don't need them. Okay. All right. That makes a little bit more sense. You can also do artery grafts now too, and, right? In fact, this is more common yeah. and stays open more than veins do. So we've moved with open heart surgery from veins, which can be used, but primary now using arteries. There's one in the chest. You can use one in the wrist, correct. and that'll give you a better result long term. That's correct. So you don't have to worry. If you have varicose veins, you can get rid of them. You don't have to worry. You'll need those later. Like you said, they're kind of good to go. But the question is asked all the time, what if I need heart surgery? And I give them the same answer. Well, and I'd, I'd be curious because you mentioned a lot of women coming in with varicose veins, and I know there must be a hormonal reason or or some type of reason why women get it more than men. But in addition, they may not manifest cardiovascular disease to the point where they need to have open heart surgery until they're older. And so they may not be a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old having open heart surgery, but they could be a 40- or 50-year-old getting rid of their veins. So from what you say, hey, that's good, no problem. We don't like those ones anyway. (laughs) That's great. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Danello Kinetti, and we're talking about varicose veins and how do you know if they're the type that you have to be concerned about versus the type that you can just not worry about. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about spider veins. That's a whole different category. And what causes those? And also, what are some of the options for varicose veins? What is the recovery time? How long does treatment really take? And are there ways that you can figure out if you have a vein problem just based on looking at your leg? So if you've got a question, you can join us at 941-3689, toll free from our neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We will be taking your calls. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Due to popular demand, HPR has added a second performance by multi-talented musical artists. Tony Conjugation, Star Kalahiki, and Alvin Pops Okami. On Sunday, June 29th, enjoy their jazz, pop, hapahaule, and showtune stylings in the intimate setting of the Atherton Studio. It's Sunday the 29th at 4 p.m. Tickets at 955-8821 during business hours or online at hprtickets.org. On New Letters on the Air, Janet Burroway, author of the textbook Writing Fiction, talks about the rise of creative nonfiction in the late 20th century. The buying public became more interested in reading what had really happened than in buying fiction. Janet Burroway, whose 2014 book is Losing Tim, a memoir, discusses crafting fiction and nonfiction on New Letters on the Air. Tuesday evening at 630 Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Danello Kinetti, and we're talking about varicose veins. How do you know if you have them? What should you do about them? And is the treatment really that quick and easy? If so, why aren't more of us doing it, I would imagine? If you've had varicose vein treatment or if you want to know how you would know if you needed to do something like that, you can join us at 941-3689 on Oahu, toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, before the break, we were talking with you, Dr. Kennedy, about what are the different types of procedures that you do. Let's review a little bit about how common varicose veins actually are. It's it's said that, you know, there are quite a few women who will get, and not just women, certainly men can get it, but 
you know, there's it's hereditary might heredity might be one of the risk factors, but it says almost over 55% of American women might be affected by varicose veins in their lifetime, like one in two. That's correct. So if you're out there, don't feel alone, because if you got four friends, half of you might just have the vein issue. Are there any things that make it, we talked about sedentary lifestyle or standing on your feet a lot or heredity. What else makes it more common? I don't think you really can prevent it. I think it okay. just comes so, One of those gifts with getting older, the <laughs> yes. ones we want to return that yes. we can't. And okay. the funny thing is that sometimes genetically it's not the mother that has the varicose veins. It's the father. And the patient seeing me is a female. So um, so it can happen in men. That's correct. And the heredity pattern can be from the male side. Mm-hmm. Do you treat the veins in men and women differently or pretty much the same? Pretty much the same, although the men are more macho. Uh, the women, after treatment, the next day can go back to work. But I've had a guy uh, who came to see me on a Friday, got on an airplane, went to Vegas the next day, and saw me for recheck the week after. I had a guy um, who came in his motorcycle and went back to work from my office after the ablation on his motorcycle. Does that make it a little less likely to be successful? No, not at all. This so proves you- to you that... That uh, after ablation, uh, you know, you're good to go. Now, let's talk about this procedure a little bit. Walk me through it. So somebody schedules this ablation. They come into your office. You've designated already that they have varicose veins. They've tried conservative treatment, and it hasn't worked very well. The vein is still dilated. Insurance says we'll cover for you to do this particular procedure. So they come into your office. What sort of preparation do they do in advance? Let me walk you back further. In fact, the most common scenario is that they have the varicose veins, and they're there not because they're ugly. They're there because of the symptoms. That's what usually drives them to my office. And the question I ask is, have you worn stockings before? And then invariably they'll say no. So that means that the clock starts ticking because the insurance company says they have to wear the stockings for three months. So then we let them start wearing the stockings and elevate the legs. So three months comes by. We recheck them again by ultrasound, and if it's still big and the vein uh, the vein valves are still bad, then we schedule them for surgery, get an approval from the insurance carrier, which usually takes a week, and then they're, they're scheduled. So on the day of surgery, which is a 15-minute procedure, uh, they'll be given a little Valium. Um, they'll be given a wrap. Uh, ace wrap and then a uh, the stockings back on and they'll have to wear that for another two weeks post up uh, but otherwise they can go back to normal activities so they have they take their volume and they're i'm assuming reclining in a chair or they're on a surgical table correct and so the preparation that you do depending on which particular type of ablation or which particular type of treatment that you're doing you're going to set them up, prep them. Is there a lot of pain involved? None. Uh, well, well, uh, you know, I don't trust needle, people who say none. The needle, okay. the needle poke is the pain that you'll feel. And on one of the procedures, there'll be more than one needle poke. Uh, the mechanical, chemical one is just the one puncture, and then I put the catheter there. But the other one, the thermal energy one, may require... Eight, nine, ten pokes going up from the knee towards the groin, 
because I have to inject uh, lidocaine uh, into the fascia where the vein is so that the vein will float inside the lidocaine and they won't feel any pain uh, either on the skin or in the muscles around the vein. So how long does the procedure actually take? The mechanical one is 10 to 15 minutes. The RF energy one is 15 to 20 minutes. That's with me skin to skin. Uh, the prep, obviously, between setting up the table with sterile drapes, etc., cetera, uh, may take another 15 minutes, and the post-op is another 10, 15 minutes. So it's a pretty quick, I mean, within about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, you can have the whole thing taken care of. At this patient time, that's correct. Contrast that to spider veins, and I know we'll be talking about spider veins later, but I usually give, because that takes an hour, I usually give the patients my iPhone and a headphone so they can watch a movie to actually distract them. So you actually give them your phone. You know, I hey, do. if anybody calls you, uh, they should answer it. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, his patient. Oh, he's right here. <laughs> so you actually have something to distract you. It takes about an hour, right. otherwise 10 or 15 minutes. And so then after that, they need to wear the same compression stockings you're talking about. You said for about two weeks. Two weeks for varicose veins and three weeks for uh, uh, spider veins. And so they wear those 24-7. They don't wear them at night. How do they do that? Only in the daytime when they're standing up. And when they come home, they take them off and elevate their legs as much as they can. And that's it? That's it. And so the downtime for someone who has had this procedure done, you mentioned two weeks for varicose veins, three weeks for spider veins. Is that just wearing the stockings? Is that just time that they need to elevate their legs? What happens during that time? You said they can go back to work within a day or so. It'll be normal activities at home and normal activities at work. And the only thing is they have to wear a stocking, and yes, they have to elevate their legs. And exercise, they can go back to doing everything they want to. Uh, not we, we want them, in fact, to walk up and down my office for 20 minutes before sending them home. And we want them to walk as much as possible, but uh, not heavy exercise, not the 24-hour fitness kind. So just walking around, doing a walk after work or a walk after, you know, after dinner, that kind of thing is okay. Yes. And with either one of those types of procedures, either the radio frequency or the mechanical, it's the same kind of instruction. Yes. Actually, we want them to keep the compression stockings and just put them aside for when they fly over to go somewhere to the California or to any other country because it's going to be a five-hour flight at least, and they should wear their stockings. And, you know, there have been some studies looking at getting blood clots when you sit mm -hmm. for that long on a plane, so... Anybody who wants to prevent blood clots, either get up and walk around, which is kind of hard these days on planes, or wear compression stockings. You don't necessarily have to get 30 to 40 millimeters of mercury when you're going on a plane, but anything above, I think it requires at least 20, 20 to actually have correct. an effect for preventing a blood clots. Now, if you have done all that and you've had your veins taken care of, fast forward two or three weeks, they see you one more time, and then that's it? Six months later, uh, just to check. And usually, maybe a year later, um, because the other veins, uh, so we're talking mostly about the greater saphenous vein, the one up in the thigh. So now I'm talking about the one behind the leg, because if the one in the thigh didn't work, maybe the one on the leg will also go bad someday. So it's just a routine. We're probably being over careful. And so potentially, someone might need to do another procedure, but mm -hmm. chances are probably not. That's correct. 
Now, what about spider veins? That's sort of a different kind of scenario. Spider veins are a little bit different than varicose veins in size and also in medical complications. Are there any problems with spider veins medically? Is there, do they cause the same leg cramping, or is this more of a cosmetic situation? There's very few that are symptomatic, but generally they are not. They're just ugly. And so that's a little different than varicose vein treatment. Insurance often does not cover for that. Do you do the same sorts of treatments with the ablation, or do you inject something into those veins? How do you make those go away? It's totally different. It takes more of my time because I have to go after every single vessel. Um, I inject several kinds of chemicals depending on the size of the vessel. The blue ones are called reticular veins. They're way bigger than the red ones. That's more superficial. They're called spider veins. Um, in fact, I'm called Dr. Dan the Spider-Man because I know so much and I, I tell people that I'm, when I'm looking at your legs, it's, I'm just looking for varicose veins or spider veins. And even though they're red, it's still veins. Some people think yes. it's red, it must be an artery, but actually it's really a vein. That's correct. It's because it's so superficial and so small that the red cells uh, shine right through it. So that's why you're the Spider-Man. You get to see those. Yes. And you get to take care of them. Whole new uh, definition of, of Spider-Man here. Okay. <laughs> and so when you do that, that takes about an hour. So you mentioned that's a little bit longer, and people might want to bring something to distract themselves. I, I give it to them. I give them the iPad or the iPhone. But, you know, I used to stop at about mid-thigh level because I figured they wear shorts. They'll be okay for anything above that. And lately I've had young females in their 30s and 40s point up to their hips almost, and I'm going, why? And they said, bathing suit. Now, that makes a lot of sense. You weren't thinking about that no. earlier. Okay. <laughs> well, and some some bathing suits go higher than others, but okay. <laughs> so you're actually seeing people say, don't stop there, go higher. Yes. How is the treatment for spider veins and the recovery different? You mentioned compression stockings are a little different, three weeks versus two weeks for varicose veins. What else is different about that? In the recovery, nothing. They can also go back to normal activities. Um, but the sad part is that some may have so many spider veins that we can't do them all in one setting. We may have to go back to a second setting, and I can think of over a four-year practice doing this. I can think of one or two that had to come back for a third session. But they're all happy campers. They, they actually, my PA just did one the other day, and she got a hug. She came to me. She said, she gave me a hug. So you know you've done well when you get the hug before they leave. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you do that, you're injecting something into the veins, which is why you can't do more than a certain number because there's a limit to how much of that you can That's inject. correct. Yeah, there's a dose limit that I can give for this particular uh, drug. That's correct. And what it really does is it chemically stops that vein from destroys, continuing? Destroys the vein. It just closes it down. And is there any danger when you close down veins that there could be a problem later or not really? Mm, uh, the literature says that if you're out of the vein into the tissues that you could cause necrosis, meaning you have sloughing of the tissues. I've never seen it. Um, and, of course, allergies, and we're prepared for that. And not, Nothing has ever happened that's been adverse. It's been a happy experience. And so you get rid of the veins, and then you wear the stockings for a few weeks. Do the stockings stop at the knee, or do they go all the way up to the 
to the thigh area? What kind of stockings? There are different kinds. There's the ones that stop at the knee, the, uh, the ones that stop at the thigh, and the one I like is the one that goes up as a um, pantyhose. So it really covers all the potential veins. And without having the worry of it rolling down. There's also, uh, I've had some patients complain of itching because they're allergic to the uh, elastic. Of the stockings. Of the stockings. And what do you do then? Uh, There are some non-allergenic, so we try and order those. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Danello Canetti, and we are talking about varicose veins and spider veins, and how do you know if you have those? And is it important to do something about it? If you have a question about veins, we've got Mr. Spider-Man right here. You can call us at 941-3689, toll-free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, now Dr. Kennedy, in addition to doing some of the work with veins, um, which particularly dealing with varicose veins or with spider veins, are there any issues when you do treat the veins with having problems related to blood flow to the leg? Totally separate. It's the artery versus vein system. Or if there, is there ever any situation where someone comes to you and says, I think I have a vein problem, and you identify that, hey, it actually might be an arterial issue? Yes, very common, especially in diabetics. And in my population, uh, where I have a lot of diabetics and renal patients, So when they come complaining of leg cramps, we ask if the leg cramps are associated with activity because if it is, then it smells more like arterial, whereas for those leg cramps that occur at rest, then it's probably venous. But nonetheless, we always check for the pulses uh, by hand, and if they're feeble, then we go ahead and do an arterial ultrasound in addition to the venous ultrasound. Now, you mentioned checking the pulses. Somebody could check their own pulse on their foot pretty easily. Mm, Not so much? It, you, you can imagine, you, you know, from your own patients, they can't even find the pulse on their wrist. So It's, it's a little it's, subtle. You yeah, have to be really... it's pretty hard for them to find the pulses okay. on, their, on their feet. And you mentioned if you have leg cramps with activity versus leg cramps at rest, that there's a slight difference. So earlier in the show, you used the example of someone who has the leg cramps at night when they're sleeping, so they're not necessarily active, versus someone who might have leg cramps when they're walking or running or jogging or biking or doing something. So if you're active with leg cramps, that tends to make people think more artery issues. Correct. It's called intermittent claudication, and the same thing as angina with the heart. Uh, except in the heart, there's coronaries, and this one is the vessels supplying the legs. And that could be a dangerous thing. Very. You'd want to get it checked out. You could wind up having getting amputated. Well, and part of the issue that some people don't realize is that, you know, blockages don't discriminate. If you have blockages in your heart, you can certainly have blockages in arteries that go to your legs and other locations. And so although your heart may be one of the early places where you feel symptoms, it might not be. And you could also have blockages in your legs. You mentioned claudication. If you're not getting blood flow to your legs, that can be a problem. That's correct. So having the leg cramps at rest, that's different because you mentioned that could be more of a vein issue. Yes. So what sort of situations would somebody have leg cramps at rest? If they were sitting, if they elevated their legs at the end of the day, if they weren't necessarily walking or moving on them, is that what you mean by rest? It just occurs out of the, out of the blue, um, unrelated to anything. So they weren't and doing anything that happens. All of a sudden, you're squirming, okay. yes. 
And when you get up in the middle of the night with that, is it just because it's better to walk around? You feel better? You, have you ever had them? I'm going to have to I've, say no. I've, I've had them. And I, I, uh, I play a lot of tennis, so it's probably from tennis. Uh, but at one time, I was also on a water pill, and it could be low potassium, but I had them, and it was on a, on 10 on a scale of 10. You, it was probably like childbirth. I've never had a baby, but it was very painful. And you try standing up, pressing your, your feet against the wall or something. Nothing makes it go away. It's horrible. I have a feeling that a lot of women out there who have gone through childbirth are so not going to like you thinking it's the veins. <laughs> but okay, we will forgive you because you're describing painful veins. So pain anywhere from anything is not something that people want to go through. Okay, we've got a caller on the line. We have Dennis from Nuuanu. Dennis, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, Dr. Kathy. Hello there. What can we do for you? Hi, Dr. Spider-Man. <laughs> Great Hi. show. Thank you. As always. Um, I have some issues, multiple issues. Uh, I'd like to answer it if possible. My okay. mom had varicose veins. I'm now 65 years old. I had congestive heart failure um, about four or five years ago. Um, and now and I, having this uh, venous stasis dermatitis condition on the bottom uh, by my ankle, lower shin area. And there are open lesions. My primary doc tells me that it um, has to do with defective valves. It doesn't let the blood uh, flow properly. Uh, it kind of constrains it. And then I just recently heard you talking about cramping. And uh, I get some cramps late, early in the morning. Sometimes it, it is horrible, like you say. And um, I'm wondering if the... Um, uh, and I take a water pill on top of it. <laughs> so I got a number of complications. And um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering about, is there anything I can do about venous stasis? And then I'm wondering about danger of clot and a whole bunch of things. And first chance, I'm going to schedule a free screening at your office. <laughs> Very but, uh, If you can help me out with some of these things now, briefly. It, it's very suspicious for uh, venous insufficiency, and your primary doctor is probably right. But it has to be confirmed by ultrasound. So if the valves in your veins are not closing together like they should, yeah. the blood is falling down towards your ankles, causing the venous stasis and the, derma, the, the skin discoloration, swelling. Yeah. But with heart failure, it's a complication. It's kind of hard to to exclude that as a reason as well. So, yeah. But at, at, at the very least, you have to have a, a venous ultrasound. I have um, open lesions on my uh, lower skin with the, and the, with the discoloration. That that's, uh, really smells like uh, varic yeah, varicose veins, and you do need the venous uh, ultrasound. Okay. Book me. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> All right, Dennis, we'll get some more information on how to do just that a little later in the show. But you brought up some really good topics that I think are important. And when we come back after this quick break, we're going to talk about those individually. You know, how do you know 
whether or not you have the veins, what other medical conditions could complicate it. But in addition, you just mentioned the sequelae of varicose veins, and that's those ulcerations. So we will be right back in just a minute with some more information for Dennis and for anybody who's curious about what to do if they have multiple medical conditions and maybe the sequelae of varicose veins, including the ulceration. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with Dr. Danello Canetti, and we will be right back. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. Stay with us. When you make the effort to visit rural Turkey, you can count on receiving an especially warm welcome. Their livelihood is not the visitors, so they treat the visitors as personal visitors coming in not a tourist that's planning to spend on money. On the next edition of our weekly travel show, we visit Village Turkey, find out what's new in London, and see the sights of St. Petersburg. Your Joe's drops. It's something magical. On Travel with Rick Steves. Tuesday at 4 p.m., following Fresh Air. On the next Humankind. If you don't consciously set a direction for your focus or for an outcome, you will still be focusing and still have outcomes, but they'll be the ones you're inheriting by default from your conditioning and your history. Author David Allen on how our thoughts create self-fulfilling prophecies. I'm David Freudberg. Join us for Humankind from PRI Public Radio International. This evening at 6.30, right after Marketplace. Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Danello Canetti. We're talking about varicose veins. If you have a question about your veins, you can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. Before the break, we're talking with Dennis, who brought up a couple of different things. Some of the things you're talking about, genetics, his mom had varicose veins. The other thing he mentioned is that he has those ulcerations, which... You know, some people might wonder, would they heal if you treated the veins? Would they? You know, you would think that Dennis was a plant. Yeah, you would, but really, I swear I don't know Dennis. (laughs) Well, not yet. He wants to come see you. So, So let's talk about, you know, if you have ulcerations from venous incompetence or you're told you have venous stasis dermatitis, which is the skin discoloration related to that blood that just sits in the veins and can't get out. How curative is it to do ablation? Once we do the ablation, that ulcer will start healing because the pressure causing it to do that has gone away, and we're rerouting circulation towards the deep system. Yeah, it's it's a must. It has to be done if it's due to if the ulcer is due to varicose veins. And so you can tell that when you do an ultrasound. Yes. And if you have, he mentioned congestive heart failure. If you have that or not, if you have dilated veins on the superficial veins that we're talking about, you can still fix that. You bet. Heart problem or not. That's correct. Because your heart does not rely on your superficial veins to have the blood flow return. It relies on the deep veins. As long as it gets back there, yes. So your heart doesn't care. Bring me the blood. I'll pump it, but get it to me. And if you take away those superficial veins, you won't have a problem. That's correct. Now, the other thing he mentioned, which was kind of curious, is that he was on diuretics. Do you often see that people who have swelling from varicose veins take diuretics or water pills? And if so, do they actually work? Fairly common, not as well, because the cause of the swelling is from the high-pressure system from the varicose veins and the venous insufficiency, uh, so it will recur anyway. So even if you take water pills and you go, hey, it gets rid of my swelling, if the swelling is from veins, sooner or later, that's not going to work anymore. That's correct. 
So it's a temporary measure. Yes. Is most leg swelling related to vein problems? Uh, no, none at all. Um, as, as you know, liver people can have that. Heart failure is the most common um, kidney uh, problems. So a whole bunch of causes. So if you have leg swelling, you should take a look at your legs, first of all, figure out how swollen they get, but talk with your doctor about any other possible medical reasons. Now, if you were to look at the legs of someone who has varicose veins, what do they look like? If somebody out there is listening, saying, I want to know if I have this or not, I have something on my leg, I don't know. If you had to describe, first we'll say a varicose vein, and then we'll say your spider vein, what do they look like? The varicose veins are wormy stuff that's uh, like almost the size of your finger in some, uh, usually half the size, but um, they're, they're very ugly and they're very evident. And so you can see it. Yes. And you can watch it, and it kind of twists and curls, which is why you said you wouldn't use those for heart surgery anyway. That's correct. Because they're the squirrely ones that you wouldn't use. So you can physically see those veins. Spider veins, what do those look like? Those are more, um, it depends on how light the skin is. On very light-skinned patients, the blue ones will show up immediately, and the red ones are just in your face. And so... Many times they hide it by wearing pants, uh, and then they don't have to be be ashamed. Um, and once they're, they're done, then they start wearing shorts. So once you have them treated, Correct. then you can you won't see them anymore. Yeah, and remember that they come to my office with them, and they leave my office without. I mean, it sounds like a miracle treatment. You know, it certainly sounds like you go in, you get it taken care of, you leave, you're good. The only downside is just putting on those hot compression stockings in the summertime. But can be done. That's correct. Do you ever see people who fail to get the maximum benefit because they don't wear their compression stockings correctly? Yes, and thankfully it's pre-op. And so we have to extend the time again to make sure they have the three months where they did the stockings every day. Um, some are too busy or they say it's too tight, it's hard to put on. And some of the insurance carriers are very forgiving. If we put that on the note, they'll still approve it. But most of them will not. So we insist on them wearing it every day. But what about after the procedure? The only requirement is the two weeks for varicose veins after and for spider veins three weeks. Do you think people comply with the two weeks and the three weeks? Mine have. After, they have. After they, they've gone through the trouble, uh, they do. So they've kind of self-selected that if they're going to come to do it, they're going to follow instructions that, afterwards. That's correct. Are there any risks for um, clots when we talk about varicose veins? And could this be a reason why someone would want to take care of it? Yes. In fact, we routinely check them post-op looking for clots because if my patients develop a clot in the deep system, that's a bad thing. And that's always what they look for. And we always make sure that the tip of the catheter has a minimum distance to the deep system. And that's one of the key points that, that we look at before we start burning the vessel. So the reason why they would get a clot in the deep system would be why? because the tip of the catheter is near the the deep system. And if they did develop that clot, would you treat it the way you normally would? If you get a clot from being on a plane too long, you would take a medication like a blood thinner for a few months? That's correct. It's called DVT, deep venous thrombosis. 
and those things can roll up like spaghetti and wind up in your lungs and give you a blood clot in the lungs and kill you. So you would really have to monitor to make sure you didn't have that clot. But in addition, if you did, you'd have to make sure it was treated fairly aggressively to prevent some serious complications. When we find them and we've only had, thankfully, a handful, uh, we treat them very aggressively. Do they, if they've had a varicose vein procedure done for the superficial veins and they wind up having the DVT or deep vein clot from having had the procedure, do they have to take blood thinners for life then or just for no. a few months? Uh, a few months, uh, three to six. And so it's a limited duration of time. Correct. And then we recheck with ultrasound. And if you were to have a clot in the deep vein, that's not going to make the deep vein incompetent? And it can, but it, it usually doesn't. Okay. If you have a question about veins, we've got Dr. Spider-Man here. You can give us a holler, 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, earlier in the show, we mentioned spider veins, no real complications or long-term side effects if you leave them go. Versus varicose veins, we talked with Dennis, you really could have a problem with the ulceration, which could put you at risk for infection and cause a whole bunch of other problems. So it's really the varicose ones that you're trying to gear your treatment towards. Yes, but uh, the numbers are more spider veins in terms of uh, in, uh, incidence. And uh, unfortunately, we can't do some of them all at one setting. They have to come back. Uh, and even those that were every, everything, every single vein's been treated, a year or two later, some new ones might uh, occur. Sure, if you're standing on your feet and that caused mm -hmm. them to begin with, that could certainly cause you to have that happen again. When we talk about having the types of veins taken care of with the varicose veins, what about vein stripping? That always seemed to me to be a fairly, I don't want to say barbaric, but a very difficult thing. You just pull them all out. We don't do that so much anymore. No, we do a procedure now called microphlebectomy, which is almost the same thing, but it's an office-based procedure. And they put a little uh, stab into the right above the, the vein and then just pick it up and pull it out. And they come out like spaghetti. So you do it in chunks, you know, maybe an inch or. You're making me inches. never crave spaghetti again. <laughs> so far, we've talked about veins coming out looking like spaghetti and blood clots <laughs> curling up like spaghetti. I think you've cured me from a pasta uh, craving <laughs> that I definitely won't have today. But okay, so you can still do the vein stripping. It doesn't sound as bad as, as it actually is. And it still is done on certain circumstances. That's correct. In fact, uh, some of the huge varicose veins don't come down even after ablation and might need microphlebectomy. And you have to do the stripping. Correct. Okay. We've got a caller on the line. We have Jake from Kailua, Kona. Jake, welcome to The Body Show. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I kind of have a question and an anecdote. I had uh, I was a bartender back in the 80s, and uh, standing on my feet um, became excruciatingly painful, even after only about 20 minutes. I went to the doctor, and they said I had varicose veins, and he prescribed uh, Job's support socks, which had to be measured like in 16 places, and then uh, fitted to my foot. And it the minute I started wearing the very first day I wore them, I was, um, you know, all the pain was gone. And I wore them religiously for the rest of my uh, bartending career. I never saw anything in my legs, but that's what they told me I had. And uh, I was just wondering, uh, get your comment on that. And also, since uh, 
I no longer do bartending. I, have, I do a lot more sitting and standing. I, I don't have those symptoms anymore, and I don't wear support socks. I was wondering if that's that unusual. Job's, Thanks. Job's stockings is one of the best because they're measured. Most of the stockings that you get is one size fits all, so it looks like, you know, this one would fit you and me and him. But Job's measures you every, you know, so inch or so, all the way up to your thighs. So it's the best system around, but they're expensive. So the Job stockings worked really well. Um, for Jake, you said when you, as soon as you put them on, you felt better. These are the kind of compression stockings we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, they were great. Um, they only needed to go up to my knee. And uh, back then they were uh, $60 a pair. I don't know what they would be now, but they were, they were worth every penny to me back then. Now, you mentioned that once you stopped bartending, you didn't have to wear them anymore. And he also no, said... It, it was just that standing in one place for, you know, 12 hours a day. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine it. Good that you don't have to do that anymore. But, Dr. Kennedy, you said that that's not all that uh, surprising, that once he's no longer standing, Jake doesn't have to wear those and the legs don't bother him. That's right. And he says he doesn't have any more symptoms, so there's no need for him to have any screening done. Yeah, no, I was just uh, listening to the program, and I was thinking if anybody's hearing that, they should know that, the, you know, from personal, my personal experience, that those socks are uh, a godsend. They work. They really yeah. do. All right. Well, thanks yeah, for thanks sharing with that with us, Jake, because it's a good recommendation from somebody who's kind of been there and done that, that the stockings might work. Now, if somebody wanted to get Job's stockings, do they have to have a doctor's order? Do they have to have particular measurements done in the doctor's office, or do they do those in the medical supply store? How do they get those? Medical supply store, and they will get measured by them. And so with a prescription? Yes. So anybody who wants to get compression stockings, if they want insurance coverage and medical grade, they need a prescription for it. That's correct. If you just travel a lot and you're working as a flight attendant and you want to make sure you don't get veins, you too could get the compression stockings. I've never prescribed anything for that type of patient, but uh, and I don't know that they'll pay for it. Well, but I mean, if you if they really wanted to, I would imagine. Although on a flight, most flight attendants are not sitting; they're walking the whole time. Yeah, they're working. So, what about some of the nursing staff? You worked at a hospital. If the nursing staff wanted to get compression stockings because they're on their feet a lot, would that be another type of person who could could benefit from wearing those? You're talking preventive. Preventive or to help if they get some of the same symptoms Jake talked about, the, the swelling and the pain and the discomfort. I guess we're saying that by default we're saying it's varicose veins, but could that actually help if they're not quite sure if they have veins to start wearing compression stockings? Yes, of course, as a preventive. But it's even better if we confirm the fact that they have venous insufficiency, and that's the more important thing than the varicose vein because varicose vein is something that's – physical and ugly. Venous insufficiency is what causes the blood not to be able to go back up into the heart and cause all of the symptoms. So what we're really treating is venous insufficiency. By treating the varicose veins. Correct. So if you have the venous insufficiency, the idea is no, you have it, so that you either wear the right kind of stockings or that you treat the veins that are causing it to begin with. That's right. And I remember you asked at one time, do you have to see the varicose veins? No, you don't. And some people have big legs. You don't see the vessels that well. But they have venous insufficiency and they have these symptoms. Is it ever too late? If somebody has varicose veins, is it ever too late to treat? No. We've done people in their 80s. Because if you want, I mean, do you care if you're 85 and your leg, you have leg cramps? You want relief, right? 
Sure. So if you're symptomatic, but even if you said to yourself today, I might have varicose veins, they don't bother me. I'm not going to worry about it. But if I get worse, I need to do something about it. So it would be okay to wait until you had symptoms to go ahead and treat it if you otherwise felt fine. Yeah, because insurance companies are not going to pay for it anyway. And so really, unless you have symptoms, you're not going to be able to get, well, insurance coverage. You could do the treatment. but Like I said, uh, insurance companies don't pay for ugly. They only pay if you have symptoms. And so if you're asymptomatic and you see veins, you don't have to worry. Yep. If they don't bother you, you don't have to bother them. And, and I actually recommend that they they keep on uh, elevating the legs and using compression stockings. If it's worked for them so far. Yep. And about 10% of folks, you, you said, yes. actually could improve. Yes, it's amazing. We scheduled them for surgery. We're all scrubbed up. We've taken out all of the our, our sterile drapes. And we do the scan, and the veins are tiny. And they don't need it. No. But you said that doesn't happen all the time, that maybe 10%? 10%. So there's still hope. Now, if somebody wanted to do a free screening, how could they do that? How could they get in touch with you or find out how to do a free screening? Either call my office number, 744-9369, or go to my website. It's hawaiiveincenter.org or .biz. So either way, they could go there. Yes. And they could arrange for a free screening. And if they had a free screening and had a problem, then they could potentially see you or your PA the same day. Yes. If we have the, the room, uh, we can accommodate them. Otherwise, they'll be scheduled. And where is your office? I've got two offices. I'm, I spend one day in town in the old St. Francis campus. And then I have most of my surgery, however, is done in my Waipaho location. And so if somebody was wanting to get a free screening, they could go to either the town location or the Waipahu location. That's correct. And the phone number there again? 744-9369. Have you had folks come from Outer Islands? Uh, yes, actually uh, from Kauai. And um, we, as you know, you can actually get paid by telephonic um, visits now with a G modifier um, that's doctor speak. Um, so we're doing that with her. Uh, but, and it's not a spider vein. It's a varicose vein. So she came for the initial visit, confirmed it by ultrasound, and she'll be coming in another month or two for the real ablation. So no matter where you are, if you have varicose veins and they're causing you troubles, you can get treatment. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Danello Canetti, for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Kozak. Dr. Spider-Man is what we call him, and he is an expert in treating veins. You can contact his office at 808-744-9369. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show, and listen to the podcast. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week. We're going to talk some more about health topics right here Monday on The Body Show at 5. See you then. Woo! Mm-hmm.